a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to Inside Sources on this beautiful fall afternoon. Great to be with you for the next two hours from KSL News Radio. I'm Mara Carabello, filling in today for Boyd Matheson. And as Boyd would say, it's time for us to dig a little deeper and think a little bigger and explore a little wider. We have a great first guest that's on a very germane topic. And so we're asking the question, when Americans don't use vaccines, some healthcare groups want to send them to other countries. But many times the U.S. government won't let them. What's going on? How can we fix the problem? And today we have Dan Diamond, who is a healthcare reporter from the Washington Post, with us today. He's going to join us to talk about what's going on. Dan, nice to have you. Mara, I'm glad to be here, and I hope to dig deeper with you. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm going to start with the broad question. Why won't the Biden administration allow unused vaccines to go to Mexico or other countries? The argument is that these vaccines are not only U.S. property, and that when they're given to healthcare organizations, there are requirements that they should go to Americans, but the need to protect the quality of the vaccines. So in some cases, the vaccines, like with the Pfizer shots, need to be kept in very cold storage. And if well-meaning hospital leaders wanted to get those vaccines to people in Mexico, people in the Caribbean, people in Asia, there's no guarantee that the way that they are shipping those doses that the quality would stay high. So that, I think, is one of the biggest problems, this idea of chain of custody, as government officials told us, and that health officials would not necessarily be able to guarantee the quality of the vaccines, and then that would redound to the U.S. government legally. So it sounds like some of the argument centers around the unique conditions in which uh, these vaccines need to be stored, the sort of care that they need to take before they're given to a patient. I think that's right. The idea that health officials want to save lives, they want to make sure that these vaccines aren't going to waste, but potentially preventing someone from getting sick, whether here or abroad. I I, I completely understand that motive. The challenge, and I did speak to some health officials, my colleague Kevin, who worked on the story with me, had this experience too, who said, we understand that given the tricky nature of taking these vaccines, this is not masks. These aren't gloves. These are things that really need special protection. It's a lot harder to get them potentially to these crisis spots or even to places like Mexico that's not in crisis, but certainly could use the shots. Sure. So what happens to them when they're unused in the United States? 
unfortunately, a good number of them get thrown away. Right. Uh, I was speaking uh, for the story to to a health official uh, who unfortunately has to go unnamed, but a, but a senior state health official who had a big supply of Johnson & Johnson shots from earlier this year. And people in that official state didn't want the Johnson & Johnson shots. They wanted the Pfizer shots. They wanted the Moderna shots mm-hmm. because there had been a number of negative or concerning reports about Johnson & Johnson. So the official really wanted to get these shots overseas to a place where people needed any kind of vaccine. And some of those shots, unfortunately, had to go to waste because no one in America was using them. So there is a, some pushback, mostly it seems from local healthcare groups. What are they saying right now to push back against the Biden administration? Well, my colleague, uh, Kevin, who's based in Mexico City, was talking to folks in Southern California. And I don't know, Mara, if you've been there, if your listeners have been to the border there, but San Diego, Southern California, you're awfully close to Mexico. The, the drive to take vaccines from where these folks in California wanted to take them uh, and then bring them to Mexico, that's much shorter than some trips in states here in, in America. There would have been a vaccine site set up in Mexico. And the argument that these folks in California made, which other health officials have said around the country, this is a relatively simple process. We can make sure that in this case, the vaccines would be safely transported. And we want to make sure that we're not losing this chance to really make a difference. But so far, the Biden administration has been implacable on this. I mean, these arguments have been going on for many months, and the Biden administration shows no sign of changing its tack. So it's interesting. I'll, I'll just say in my past life, I worked for a small nonprofit. So you think of yourself in, in the late 80s, early 90s that did reverse medical goods. And, and it was the same kind of scenario in which they were unused here, but had a shelf life. And it was a matter somewhat of, as you're suggesting, changing the regulatory chain of command. It was bureaucracy that got us over the hump there. That, that So we have done this in the past. From your point of view, with the information you had, what would be a smart thing to do? Um, would you allow, would you be one who leans in and allows countries to use the vaccine? Well, maybe I should have interviewed you if you were in this <laughs> line of work before. But I, I think the smart thing is we want to make sure that every dose is being used to its best ability. And it's sad that in America, where we have this surplus, uh, that we're not able to capture these doses. But it, but it is complicated in that right. if a hospital in a local community has these doses on the shelf and then the state health official says, actually, we want those back, it, it's not as simple as just taking them out of some central factory. They've possibly been farmed out everywhere. So there probably is a, a better way of upfront planning, uh, given declining demand in the U.S., planning how much the uh, doses are even needed and potentially doing a better job of distributing them around. And it's not like the United States hasn't been giving doses overseas. We've given several hundred million doses. The White House yesterday said 200 million doses have been have been shipped at this point. But that doesn't mean that these millions of doses that potentially could be used and haven't been, that those aren't lost. So, yes, I think there is a worthy probe into what sorts of regulations could be changed or lifted, or at least better planning up front to make sure we're not in this situation moving forward. What do you see needing to happen? As you as you well suggested, the Biden administration has been sort of unchanging in, in their course. Uh, what do you see working and being more effective to get them to switch their policy? Well, I think the real question is, 
are we in a moment where demand will continue to go down or now that more booster shots are being authorized, will Americans start using more doses again? And I, I don't have an answer to that, mm-hmm. but I, I do imagine that some Americans who have gotten two shots of vaccine will soon be going back for their third, and maybe we will end up using more doses than recent months have been expiring. So per- perhaps the demand curve will change somewhat. But regardless, the idea that there are doses that Americans in different parts of the country don't want and that could be better put to use, we've gotten better as a nation in moving those doses around the United States. It would seem to me that there could be a path to get them, if, if not halfway around the world, to places like India, to places like Mexico, Central America, the Caribbean, where, where the trip might be relatively short and there's a way to make sure that the quality of the vaccines is protected. I like that. I mean, and as with everything with this vaccine or this pandemic, I mean, we're going to need to stay solution focused. Um, I, I, I love that you're taking us through those bifurcated choices. And certainly this won't be our last conversation. So thank you, Dan Diamond, who, again, is the healthcare reporter for The Washington Post. We appreciate you being with us today. My pleasure. Have a Coming up, there is big news about booster shots. So we're going to stay on the pandemic. What do our local healthcare companies say and what does the CDC say about it? That's what we'll be talking about next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.